0: To my music podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and those alike and we pick their brains on a wide array of music topics. I'm one of your hosts, KJ. I'm your other host, Scott. And Scott, today with us, man, we, we got another guest who stays busy, so we're happy to wait, have wait, him. Wait, wait, wait. Not just staying busy, but keeping the beat, too. Oh, this keeping the first. beat, too. Our first yeah. drummer. Yes. Our first drummer. And I gotta say, I see him constantly on the net. Like, we haven't really met face-to-face, and I really respect him for, like, always working on his craft. He's always doing something. Anyways, you know, we got the man of a thousand bands here. We got Mike Sheridan Lee with us today. Uh, I know him as the drummer of Flex a Decibel.
1: play with oh man uh biffy and the beat slayers and a punk band called short Hair domestics and a jam band called delta decalactones <laughs> that's a great name and uh <laughs> sometimes a cover band called jets and subbing around and anything Wait, and everything i can get my hands when in on
0: that band isn't like king apple tree king crab apple
1: king yeah we okay. haven't really yeah, been yeah, doing yeah. much in the last couple of years but okay. yeah All that's right. like my first first real band yeah goodness gracious man yeah can five or imagine? six at a time all the time
0: <laughs> staying busy oh yeah yeah can you imagine being in all those bands Scott nah <laughs> I got that that uh, well Mike bandwidth man, dude we're, we're happy to have you on yeah, <laughs> uh, very like, happy. like we said you're our first drummer so we're, we're definitely gonna pick your brain on that but before we jump into that like just tell the people who you are man uh
1: yeah I mean uh, my name is play drums as much as I possibly can. I've been you doing play any it. other instruments? Not really. Um, last year or two, I've been getting a little into playing ukulele. Okay. Dang. And um, messing with, like, uh, beat making and sequencers and synthesizers and stuff. I don't really play keyboard, but I like arpeggiators and yeah, yeah. making weird noises. <laughs> okay. Uh Yeah, I mean, as far as other instruments, not really. There's so much to learn playing drums that a few times I've, like, Tried to get into playing guitar, or tried to do keyboard scales or whatever, and I get frustrated, and I just go back to no, yeah, chipping yeah. away at the thing I've been doing for jeez, twenty four years. What drew you to the drums?
2: My dad was a drummer. Oh, right on.
1: Yep. Okay, and when I joined school band in like sixth grade, it was like trumpet or drums. And very quickly, I was glad I chose drums. No,
0: that's that's fair. I, w- I wasn't asking if you played more instruments, being like, "What else do you play?" <laughs> but like
1: you, you really just strike me as like a drummer's
0: drummer. Like you know, yeah. like I said, I always see you like doing stuff with the drums. So you, I just, just love like, it, man. Yeah, it feels like that's your your instrument. Mm-hmm. It
1: really is. Um, and it the maybe even more so than just playing them, which is fascinating by itself. I also really like the the kind of role of a drummer mm, as yeah. as you can be kind of as in the foreground as you want to be, as in the background as you want to be. You're kind yeah. of the man behind the curtain in a lot of ways. And I really identify with that yeah. as
0: well. You got you to gotta be okay with that as a drummer.
1: Is like, that like, just- the ca- <laughs>
0: like the catcher for baseball? Yes. Like they always say like they kind of run the game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's so true. You gotta be okay with not being in pictures too, Like, cause your whole band is always <laughs> yeah. in front of you. That's why I'm always telling you we should set up sideways.
2: Yeah. It's
1: it's the best, man. I've uh, I've been a Have proponent. Before? I'm a big proponent of um like stage right corner. Yeah. So if you're
2: you're the crowd's looking at you're like, Yeah, our stage side. left corner. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Our bands played a show together at Grand Armory, and I think that's how it was. That like, is how it was. Yeah. It that is, and that was yeah. the first show where Jason was like sitting. It felt weird to me. I kept looking over my shoulder, like, why are you there? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> but you, you it, it makes it me. more
1: visually appealing. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. great for stage communication,
3: too.
0: I, mean, yeah. I was literally about to cross Yeah. I would literally yeah. just like give them the, all right, we about to stop right here yeah. instead of having to turn back around. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Or for
1: us staring at your back the whole time, going, hey, hey. I love looking at your ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Drummers, man, we gotta give a shout out to drummers, man. Not enough love for the drummers. It's hard work. Yeah, Yeah, it is, man. I like. I can't imagine keeping up a beat too. I think the little times where I do get behind a kit and like try and dink around, I'm like, man, my legs tired, man. My (laughs) shin hurt, man. Like from kicking this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Technique. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Um. So I'm like picturing little you with your dad behind his kit is that how it went down honestly no okay um
1: so dad he was like don't touch my no, no. Kit. <laughs> he actually he actually didn't have one um uh. so he played some when i was little and i remember him borrowing a kit from a friend that was in the house for a little while when i was young and i like hit it a few times my dad played full lefty oh, like i yeah. had on the right left yeah. Oh, on the yeah, bass yeah. Drum. oh yeah um but no it was just kind of in my mind and i started doing school band like i said like when i was like 12 and i didn't start playing kit till i was like 16 straight rudiments on the snare yeah just like concert yeah. band marching band kind of stuff oh, okay. yeah. and then um i didn't have a band in high school i just played some and hung out with my friends punk bands and was in a band in college got out of college started what became king crab apple but in all reality, it wasn't until about 10 years ago when I was, like, 25 or 26 that I really, like, fell back in love with mm-hmm. playing drums and was, like, got rid of my living room so I could have a drum <laughs> set in the middle of the apartment and think about it every day, play every day. Yeah, like, cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just like full commit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like it was like an academic thing like through school because I was like, I don't know, maybe you're sitting there and when you're listening to music as a, as a kid, you're, your ears are hyper focused on the drums rather than pe- some people like listen to the vocals or guitar work or whatever it is. But maybe it just came through in a, a slower evolution than that.
1: Yeah, I think a slower evolution than that. But if I look back at the music I grew up on or really loved, it is all kind of rhythmic mm. um or i like even as a young kid i really liked hip hop and i really liked heavy metal yeah and total drums but driven. it was yeah like all this like really rhythmic stuff right so the million kind of
0: dollar the million dollar question was: Were you a Limp Biscuit fan?
1: <laughs> They're okay. That first record's okay.
0: <laughs> All right, we won't go down there. Yeah, route that first record's that pretty funky.
1: Like, John Otto is pretty tight, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I was, know the drummer's name, if that helps. Yeah. Well,
2: that's yeah. I think that's that
0: says something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, um,
0: yeah KJ is mostly. <laughs> no, I love Limp Biscuit well, too. I just we it's always just talk they've come about up them. a few yeah. times, so we have to drop. Yeah, them. yeah it's well, like when you talk about metal and hip hop, it's just yeah. like, are you a Limp Biscuit fan or a Corn fan? But I
1: will say though exactly to your point um that era of music especially for the age that i am Mm -hmm. yeah was pretty inspiring and pretty integral and i heard i mean evil empire changed my life yeah yeah like Uh, same here it was the first time i heard music that was funk and rock and hip-hop and all the things i liked in one place And it was like, yeah. I want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Deftones, too. And that uh, first Carn record's great. And, oh, yeah. So good. Yeah.
2: yeah. You and I are the relatively the same age. And, um, you know, that transition of the late 90s into the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe I'm even like, thinking like mid-90s. Well, yeah, because that was like in our in our more adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really Because what was uh, Evil Empire was like 95? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 95 yeah. or 96. 5th grade. Yeah. Yeah. 6th grade, something like that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out Rage, man. Always yeah. and forever. Yeah. yeah. Go and listen to that album. It sounds <laughs> yeah, that album is Brendan so good. Brendan O'Brien, great engineer, great
1: producer. Sounds so good didn't they record it mostly like live in a room yeah, too yeah Yep. did yep. you tell me too he was just recording through like a sm57
0: on a lot of i think that was too. the first album okay which is also great which yeah. is also fantastic
2: yeah. um but yeah just like in this in the uh, control room right like full bleed
0: of the speakers like yeah love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you guys find that just out of curiosity like at the time when it came out or were you like did you find that album later in life for me, time it came out, I had older brother, so... Oh, that's right. I had an yeah. older
1: sister, very similar. Oh, yeah.
0: I was about to say, I just found it when I was a teenager, which would have been years after right. it, yeah, it yeah. came out, you know? It was all I'm over like, the radio. Yeah, yeah. Alternative rock radio,
2: yeah. In but, basically
1: yeah. the same day, I heard the Green Day album, Dookie, mm-hmm. Evil Empire, the first Cake album, the first Corn album... And I want to say that first Fiona Apple album, mm, like oh, in man. the same day. Crazy.
3: So much,
0: so much good music, uh, yeah. yeah I man, I'm gonna be an old man here, but like, I just miss that experience of just like albums dropping and people just being like excited. And being like, I got to get it. Yeah. So, you know,
2: it didn't feel like you were drinking from a fire hose back then just right. because that's um, very accurate. radio was sort of the, uh, the gatekeeper. Yeah. And, uh, but now it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just
3: open.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think though, in some ways, um, because of, like you said, the kind of fire hose aspect, it's all the more important that we do the, like, like our siblings did for us where it's, it's the personal recommendation. Curious. It's the, yeah. Yeah. I think you'll dig this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it could be that album that you're like,
0: yeah. That's what I do for kids now. I just make them playlists. Like, as soon as my uh, nephew was like, hey, man, I love this Thundercat, I was like, oh, let me put you together a playlist. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Have you ever heard of this Anderson Pack Cat? I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. You know what? You know who Bootsy Collins is? Because he's on that song with Thundercat. He's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make you a playlist of like Perfect. all of them. Mm-hmm. And like, and, you know, he's been diving in. So I'm just like, it's so cool, bro. You man, need that to, music, to like, that. Uh, spirit guide or guru to You really do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough sometimes to just like, especially in today's age with so much it's just like yeah i think one of the kids i mentor too is just like uh what how, he wanted to check out funkadelic he heard like a uh, flashlight he's like oh this is dope and he went out there and he was like bro there's so many albums like yeah. where do i start and i'm like yeah. let me just make you a playlist like, maggot like, brain that's stuff. where you start yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that
2: is that's tricky true. It, it can be some like kind of cumbersome You're like oh that, yeah. is like, that is a discography a that i need to wade through somehow yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. even to that point as well um Because of like streaming where, say when we were younger, you might get older music, you know, if it's Mm -hmm. like a parent's album or older siblings or whatever. But for the most part, it's you're kind of dealing with this, like what's out in the last couple of years and what's fresh out. But now you can be like. A teenager, I want to check out Funkadelic, and you have their entire body of
2: work yeah, at your that's disposal. Crazy. Yeah, I never thought of them. The way. problem with that, that I see, it's not a problem, it's a good thing, but I think the problem too yeah. is that there's like low committal. Yep. you yeah. know That's I, an in issue in fact, as well. To, you know, I'm like, that's $20, I'm committing to this album. Right. I better at least mm-hmm. try yeah. it, you know, but now you can be like so quick to. Man. I think we yeah. talked about this in the previous episode. But. Yeah old man gripes
0: no yeah i think too of just like man i used to love that feeling of like my dad we talked about this too and there is like a hip-hop fan you know and so you have all the cds and i'll be like i'm gonna sneak and listen to snoop dogg doggy style right. like, you know <laughs> like oh shit or listen to the chronic <laughs> try and, not to get caught yeah try yeah. not to get caught as opposed to now nah, you just got it on spotify yeah, and you yeah. Can find it anywhere and you probably wouldn't even look for that i just wanted it because i saw it in my dad's thing yeah and knew i couldn't listen to yeah. it you know it's just like
1: Different ways, I guess, of discovering music and becoming who you are now. I'm kind of lost in the weeds of the past in that I'm so out of touch with like modern music, especially like pop music. I have no idea what's coming out and what's new. Cause I'm still digging through seventies for it. Like, it's like yeah. hold on, hold on. Yeah, man. I'm still
0: I'm still decades yeah. ago. You know? Yeah. That happens to me all the time and I yeah. feel like so so weird because people look at me as like a person who knows a lot of music. I think uh it was so funny. My wife what was this? Whenever the song was popular, but Despacitos do you know that song? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Pero si no estás conmigo
0: it was on like they were furnace the Grammys. I was like, What is this? She was like, You never heard Despacitos? I was like, I never heard this song in my life. She's like, No way. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't listen to the radio, so yeah. like I've never heard it. Like too i too busy know. bumping old Snoop Dogg yeah. albums, yeah, Right. <laughs> I to be on advantage next WYCE playlist. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna throw it on there. I'm gonna throw <laughs> despacitos on the radio. Nice. Yeah.
2: Well, this is a brand new yeah. song. <laughs> Getting back to the drums, uh, so we could keep going down that path. Sure. Yet, um, I'm curious to hear from you like when you went from like playing the instrument to like listening to it as like a a recorded form because I think this can help us transition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause like I, I feel like when I was learning the bass it was it was a technical like I'm learning how to play this but not appreciating what it could be as like an art, artistic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we yeah. get a voice out of it. Right. You know? So
1: So I have the opposite experience. Okay, cool. Um, Where through, again, like through like early school band stuff, you learn your rights and your lefts and a little bit of technical information. But I learned how to play by way of improvising. Um, A friend of mine, a dear friend of mine named Jeremy Olson is a bass player. And once I had a drum set, Jeremy just came over and played awesome funky slap bass, and I figured out how to play grooves to it. And so, even as that applies to recording, I would like hear cool parts or kind of hear when things felt funky, right? Like I'm I'm yeah. like
2: hit, I'm laying too heavy. I need to pull yeah. back or like ghost note more, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah.
1: kind of getting a sense for what music was supposed to feel like. Yeah, and then it was much later at least in the real kind of technical weeds right? that I'm thinking about it more from a what's that pattern what's the subdivision yeah. et cetera um, but no like like hearing something interesting in a recording is as far back as I can remember like again the Rage Against the Machine stuff mm-hmm. like what's that tune Vietnam has mm-hmm. that cool oh, yeah. that cool little snare break with the hi-hat stab yep. and being like that's hip And even if I couldn't play it, being like You picked up on it, that's yeah. what a yeah. that's a groovy thing. And
0: that's solid. You're a hit then. Like I feel like yeah, most people who play their instrument just go in loving it and hearing, you know, like, Oh man, I love these power chords, but they're not really like paying attention sure. to, to what they're doing or the technique, you know. Yeah. How, yeah how yeah, how it was recorded. Yeah. So that's good yeah. that you were focusing on that right away.
1: <laughs> and maybe less so the sound, like uh, the Kind of timbrel, whatever, like how it was. That's recorded. why I'm like, oh,
2: that's definitely like a, a room mic. That, like- yeah, yeah, not yeah.
1: that way. Way yeah. more about the composition yeah. or the ideas. Okay, have always, always been really apparent to me. Mm-hmm. Nice, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a sort
2: of because there's so many aspects you can approach your instrument. And so that, I find that sort of fascinating. Yeah, me too. Do you want to get into the topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're leading there. We're
0: leading right Bring into on. the topic. So uh, Scott and I, we talk about this a lot with, with our friends, I feel like, of just like, what makes for a good uh, drum sound in, in a recording or a performance? You know, is it the snare being wet? Is it the snare being dry? Like, it, what gets you going when you hear a the the recording choice itself yeah, the choice it's like when you hear those drums on that you like oh that's yeah. tasty like beyond just even just what they're playing but just like the sound right of it, you because know?
2: it really can like like you were, we were talking about earlier like guide the rest of the band absolutely
1: with, um yeah. the rest of the sound of the album or the song so i may have a less Technical answer than right. no, no, no. you know, you're looking for. No, no, <laughs> well, we're not looking for technical. Yeah, <laughs> but, or or rather, um, as far as like what it actually sounds like, you know, dry or wet, high pitch, low pitch, thuddy toms, ringing toms, whatever depends on the song. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, depends on the song. Depends on the band. The way a kit sounds on an Iron Maiden record is not the way it should sound on a Bill Withers record. Right. Like those are two polar, but they're both great drum sounds. Yeah, I'm
2: interested, like the decisions behind some of that, but we don't need to go behind down (laughs) that. But I think that's fascinating. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So kind of what I'm getting at is a context. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And even more importantly, confidence. Mm. Like drums sound good when you play like you mean it. Yep. And it might be all sample replaced it might be recorded poorly, but if it's, like, full of vibe and energy and you care, mm-hmm. yeah. then mm-hmm. it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I mean, we can keep using Evil Empire or these Rage Records as an example of, like, out of 57 hanging in a room. But Brad Wilk means business. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes through. And you can get as far down the rabbit hole as you want to as far as, like, if you want a tom to sound a certain way, there are tuning choices, there are head choices, there are mic choices, all that stuff. I don't know much about like mic EQ, mixing, that stuff. Neither do me. <laughs> but, <laughs> and there are certainly, there are certainly the wrong symbols.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel like you, while, while you might not know like the technical aspects, you're like that actually adds character
0: to it or takes away
1: from yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. You
0: know what doesn't add character though? What? A squeaky kick pedal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's some Zeppelin
1: records that might disagree. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean if it disagrees. I think I just they were crazy. stuck with
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> James Brown's records. Yeah. Oh man. When I hear that squeaky kick pedal, like I can't turn it off. I'm just. Oh, like once like, it's in your head. Yeah, once it's it in my, my head. I'm it. just like, oh, scrub that out. Take yep. it yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, all that stuff. uh, As sort of an aside, one of the most overwhelming but also awesome things about drum sets is that they're modular, and that even a given a ten inch rack tom, the tuning options, the head options, close mics, overheads, like, and it's just one drum, and you can have as many of them as you want, right? And there's a bazillion options for every last thing. So in some ways it's like if you're doing like, say, the Nashville pop country thing, there's sort of a way to make that sound. Thuddy Toms, the low-tune, gushy snare drum. Right. So if you're if you have this kind of end goal in mind, then I understand the sort of reverse engineering, whether it's studio techniques or the gear itself. But also I don't know. I think the coolest thing is when the drummers themselves like know what they're after and decide no splashes. I don't like little crash cymbals. I like big crash cymbals. Right, right, or right. I'm I don't personally I don't like 14 inch floor times. I like 16. I was going to ask you. Well, I was going
2: go <laughs> to go. to you- I also, so just, can we just do a quick, like, pump the brakes? Sure. I want to ask you about the, the clap stack symbols. They're awesome. Okay, good. That's all I really <laughs> wanted to hear. I was just informed about them this last weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm like why didn't I know about this until today? Yeah. And how can we get it? A, yeah. A set you said for that, drummer? Is that what you guys <laughs> said to Jason? I'm like, like, that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. There's some controversy in the drum industry
1: about that. I was why? wondering What's about the controversy? That. Well, because like, um, oh, I'll let you go. You're the drummer. I can't. Oh, now the dude's name is going to escape me. It doesn't matter. Um, The guy that like invented it, developed it with Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah. Um, Oh, and I feel bad that I can't remember his name. Um, But as like on all these major records, Dr. Dre stuff, whatever. And this, the Clavstack thing came out six years ago. Oh, it's been around that long. Yeah. Okay. And then about a year or two ago, everybody else started making them. Uh, And they all started making them without doing the kind of proper cap tip. Yeah. To Istanbul. Yeah. And suddenly it's like new innovation from Zildjian. Like, oh, gosh. Mm, not yeah. so innovative. And that, the, I mean, they all sound cool and everyone sounds a little bit different. Yeah. Right? But there's like a little kind of under the surface, like among the drum community is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, some, Interesting. <laughs> some drama about those.
2: I even went down like a rabbit hole of some dude, like, let me show you how to make them yourself. Yes. What? Yep. Yeah. He was like taking a bunch of shitty cymbals and hammering. Yeah. I'm like
1: make the tacos. Yeah. Oh, wow. It, anyways. Uh, yeah. I would not <laughs> have
0: enough drive to do that, <laughs> but I guess if that's your main instrument, yeah, maybe you Free would. Free time. Yeah. Yeah. But even,
1: but even to that point, there are so many little jingles you can get for hi hats and the thing you can put on a snare drum and another little thing you can tie to this. Yeah. And it's just endless, man. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just endless. How do you feel about, like, uh, modulation on, on drums, like,
0: effects and, and whatnot? Like on oh, recording? I love it. You see the videos I've been making? Yeah, I, yeah, that is true. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I yeah. I love you, it. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think I need like, to hear more about this because I've not seen these videos, and apparently I need to.
1: Well, what'd you used to call it? Like, the lunchtime grooves?
3: I, yeah. I mean, you probably well, switch it up now. When I
2: still yeah.
1: had to go to my day job, they were actually <laughs> literally my lunch break. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, now I don't really call them anything. I'm just making them. All right. Yeah, um... I'm doing some experimenting with uh, there's a device called a Yamaha EAD 10 that is um, a bass drum trigger and like wide spectrum microphone clamps on your bass drum hoop that does a decent job of capturing the whole drum set. Mm. So and that runs to a little module that's quarter inch out. Okay. So you can like run it into a pedal. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah, that's dope. Um, So I've been experimenting with some of that stuff. I don't know if it's anything I'd ever do live. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it gets dangerous real yeah, fast. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I what you know what triggered in my head when you said that? Isn't there like a breakdown in are you going to go my way where the drums go through a flanger? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. well, and, I'm and, thinking about that, like, Flander
1: phase. I don't think, obviously, Tame Impala. Like, anytime right, yeah. he
0: hits the crash, just
1: like... Psh, psh. But here's the thing. Yeah, I think, and, and most of the time you hear that stuff in recording, that's all post-production. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so definitely. The, so the, the that, yeah, what you're doing the is like... exploratory, yeah. the exciting the, the thing. Performative. Yeah, because yeah, then you're actually interacting with it. There's um, a drummer from Israel named Dan Mayo. He's doing wild, wild stuff with a pedal board these days. Does he play a, by himself or with a group? Um, well, he's got a band called Tatrón. Okay. Does he does he uh, go in that territory on the drums? I don't like know. Them? I actually oh, don't know. Okay. Um, it's just solo stuff that I've seen of his, but it's a ton of inspiration for me. Dope. And I think really wild stuff.
2: That's cool. I have to check that out. I feel like you can't go down that route without talking about Danny Carey.
3: Sure. Because like, oh, he's yeah. doing a
2: lot of the sort of Eastern sounding drums through all digital pads and things like that.
1: Pretty cool. Yeah, what are those called? The mandala drums? Yeah. Uh huh. I've never messed with those.
2: I, I've I've only seen videos of him. like, that's kind of... It, I'm like I think the technology is far along enough that it doesn't sound like shitty synth stuff. Right. You know? It sounds right. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: there's a ton of territory there. I mean, even all the stuff people do now with uh, sample pads and triggering, and you can layer sounds, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are some. Uh, in addition to Dan Mayo, there's a guy named Zach Danziger, <laughs> is doing. Baffling things. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, they yeah, have a group this. called I think it's called Edit Bunker, mm-hmm. and it's him and a bass player, and they're doing wacky like parallel Ableton, and he's got all these triggers, and when the bass player is playing notes, Ableton makes a chord out of it and spreads the notes across his triggers. <laughs> It's really, crazy. really, That's and they're cool. like they're like controlling projectors and stuff with it.
2: It's madness. We were talking about a little bit of this with Steve Leaf about um, Ableton Live with uh, band The Battles, like okay, um, just which yeah, what
1: you can do with triggering, yeah, you know, trigger any sample, trigger mm-hmm. any arpeggiated. Fo- it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit. The sky is the limit, and I think the kind of next phase of a lot of this stuff. Is figuring out how to make it more interactive and more improvisational. You less know? on rails. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Less on rails, where it's cool, we've got the laptop sitting on top of the bass rig and at exactly the thirty two bar mark, the strings come in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, more like being able to push and pull and yeah. But it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot can go wrong. Speaking of modulation of like uh how do you feel about drum
0: machines? Like mm. uh, they're also great. Yeah. Do you have, do you ever play along with the drum machine at all? Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Like, I feel like that would have to be tough as a It's drummer. way better than a click. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is it's more, true. It has at least more of a more, real feel. Yeah, you it's know, at least it's to, more like, interesting than a click. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just recently gotten a drum machine, and so, like, I'm just, like, fascinated by it. But, yeah, I love that of, like, it has more of a free form to it. It's not right. so, you know, stagnant.
1: Oh, uh, And it, even as I was saying about, like, performance and improvisation and stuff, like, I've in the past I've had a couple I had like a SR16 for a while and maybe one other one but I just got a TR8S uh like 808 style 16 step sequencer and all that and unlike the other ones I've used that are all like menu digging this one real time Scott faders you can add subtract stuff the sequencer is all really handy and like it feels like you're playing an instrument to play it. Mm-hmm. Right. So even when it's just sitting next to you and running and you're playing drums, you can just like reach over and mute the clap mm. or reach over and turn up the reverb or high pass filter or whatever, yeah. as opposed to it being all these menus that you have to dig through. It's like, it feels more like an instrument feels more like interaction. And that goes a long, long, long way in it. Not feeling like just some stale loop in the background not that loops have to be stale no. but yeah yeah it's so hard to yeah that's the thing with the drum machine it's
0: like yeah you're looping and having the same thing so yep. like either you got to be putting some hella interesting down on top <laughs> or creating your own drum yep. combinations over it yep um but yeah man they're I mean, cool man they're all tools yeah, it's just yeah. all tools in the yeah. toolbox i'm gonna shout out a uh, family affair by uh Sly yeah. stone which is i think like the first song i have success Somebody using one of those learning. and blowing up
3: Mom the- It's in the blood. Both kids a good and bomb. than the mud. It's a family affair.
0: And uh, yeah, he's definitely playing some other stuff on top of it, you yeah. know? Yeah, uh, it's got like some acoustic drum.
1: drums on top yeah, of it. Exactly. So like, uh, yeah, exactly. Does that got to be like Lindrum, like 70s stuff? No, it's actually uh, Rhythm King
0: drum machine. It's just oh, a okay. preset. Yeah. Like pushes to it yeah yeah lindrum was prince's baby that's right. what he used all all right, right. Yeah, everything yeah. yeah which is uh that was better because you could program kind of stuff as opposed to what just the fly p- uses just p- like here's this and bossa nova <laughs> yeah. yeah here's a
1: balance rsb to it mm-hmm. you know that's about it yeah yeah i know it i'm familiar with the device you're talking about they're yeah. very, very basic yeah <laughs> yeah Sometimes limitations where you
0: need it. I know that's what I need. That's the drum machine that I've been using to like record a lot. And like, yeah, it's because I just need limitation. And it's just like, even when I Mm -hmm. try songs, I'm like, okay, it's like 30 drums. This is just stupid. Now Mm -hmm. I should have just started with just like a kick and a snare and I hadn't been done and add on top of it. I'm
1: already finding that danger a little bit in the like loop sequencer stuff being like, because you just mm. like, There's oh so, uh, yeah, this is crazy. Deep oh, this well. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This one bar thing doesn't need 45 <laughs> layers. <laughs> yeah, you
2: have
0: 45 layers of drones.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Too much. You were uh you were talking earlier about like
1: post production. Have you had any chance to play around with that with, with anything that you've laid down? Not really. No. Um my actual recording experience is relatively limited, other than like making all these videos and doing stuff myself. Um I've made I don't know, four or five albums in my life. And for the most part, it's like when I'm done tracking, I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah. Like that's somebody else's job. You're not but. sitting there with the, <laughs> the mixing no. engineer being like, mm. no, uh, yeah. usually by the time it gets to that point, I'm ready to move on. Move, yeah. Do something else. Yeah yeah that's drummers i feel like our drummers
0: like that too i feel like uh have you watched the beatles documentary on disney plus Plus at all that was cool but yeah i feel like ringo is totally just like i did my job like what what now you know all the rest of the band is like fighting he's just like i'm just chilling i do what i need to do yeah yeah, y'all figure it out (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah the only reason i ask is there's so many cool things you know whether you're doing like a um Flaming lips, kind of thing where you're like adding a lot of distortion and, and compression to the drums. Or like uh, Chad Sexton in 311 adding a lot of dub, you know, influence, yep. uh, delays. Like we were talking about adding some type of uh, mixture of drum machine and analog. You know, there's a uh, some Chili pepper stuff that they mm-hmm. do. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of
1: that's sort of on deck for me yeah. in some ways. Like I have a really really basic setup at home, mm-hmm. um, and even if it's really rough, I do want to start working out um, kind of more more fleshed out songs than yeah. the kind of like minute minute and a half long like video stuff that I've been doing. And I think part of that is going to involve, like, actually tracking and right. using drum machines and playing live drums and then having that stuff to kind of manipulate, treating my own drum parts like I would a Clyde Stubblefield sample. Yeah. And, like, just chopping it up and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't made that foray quite the yet. The next frontier. Yeah, 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 it is kind yeah. of the next frontier. <laughs> You're building yourself up to it right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. It'll be... Real, real winter soon. That's, that's prime time for <laughs> that. True.
0: True. I gotta I got a loaded question, uh, like we could do a round robin here, but like what's 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 your favorite um drum that is a part of the kit? So like when you're listening to a song, like what's the first thing from a drum that from the drum kit that you're like tuning into? Like is it the kick, is it the hi hats, the mm-hmm. cymbal, the snare? We're we talking
2: about like for the part or for the recording?
0: For the recording, okay. like what's what's the thing you're tuning in? Because I have a thing that I always just like go to. Mm-hmm. It's the relationship between the kick and the snare. Spoon okay. baps. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm like kick and snare are like the first things I, I tune in on. Mm-hmm. Like if I got a good snare, I'm like in there. You know what I mean? For me, like, it's the, the toms. Interesting. Yeah. they're the most toms. they're the most musical
2: of the drum kit. See, I knew he was gonna give me some shit like yeah. that was different. Like, I feel like that's where you can really play with the tuning and whether yeah. you take the, the 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 bottom, what's the bottom head? Reso, resonant head. Yeah. If you take that off, what it sounds like, mm-hmm. how you mic them and also how they're picked up by the room mics because usually like a snare and kick are usually close mic'd for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's sort of a backwards answer, but I feel like nah. it, it can really make, the because it's sometimes cool like the sound
0: of like a dead sounding Tom. Totally, you know? totally. Yeah.
2: But then sometimes when they're like, they're musical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think a snare just cuts through the mix like so much. It's hard. Well, yeah. To, I yeah. Mean, you t- can't have drums without a kick and a snare. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. like the simpleton answer. I know. Yeah. But I'm just <laughs> like some, but some snares sound better than others. Like, oh, you know, no I doubt. always, I think I've brought up this example of this song before on here, but like 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, man. Oh, and yeah. that snare is like. Yeah. Bah. Like, it's just like such so, a good feeling, you know?
1: So I'm glad you brought that up because it was in my head, but I didn't say it all the way back when we were talking about like what makes a good drum sound. Yeah. And I said like confidence. It's like, it's also, it's in your hands. Yeah. yeah just and the like the equipment is kind of secondary. It's about mm. the person and 50 ways to leave your lover is Steve, Steve Gadd. Gadd. Steve and Gadd, that's Gadd, why it sounds so good. Steve Gadd written yeah. down right here. <laughs> well, like Steve yeah. Gadd can yeah. be playing yeah. on yeah. cardboard <laughs> <Right>. boxes it <laughs> it sound that good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's an old video of Steve Gadd doing a brush solo on a pizza box. Wow. And it's killer. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, in yeah. the hands. It it's really is. Hands. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. in that so instrument. It's yeah, not yeah just drums. Ex- exactly. Yeah. It's in any instrument. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Pick up somebody else's bass and it won't sound the same. Right. Right. As yeah. when they play it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of. Uh, there's a another low key song called "Jive Baby" on a Saturday night.
3: Yeah.
0: snare is also just like mm-hmm. and uh, also like I love when snares have like a clap mixed in with well, it too. the rim shot yeah, yeah 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 oh, or are you talking but about like actual claps oh, too yeah. okay no I love like hearing actual claps with the snares like mm-hmm. something about like uh, some type of like uh, percussive instrument that isn't obviously part well, of the it's kit. like it's like flesh touching flesh yeah you know, but something about the combination of that with yeah. the snare just mm-hmm. gives it a better like like a chef's kiss sometimes in yeah, yeah. like a funk song oh yeah if it's replicator right you know? well because
2: that like starts to imp- as a listener it implements you like oh there's people like there yeah. Sure. Yeah. clapping
0: along right and you're yeah. like i want to be there with them mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing you know mm-hmm. i think sometimes some drummers are like so good that like it it almost feels like they are just a technological piece of instrument (laughs) you know what (laughs) what I mean like I don't know how to describe like you know like a Bernard Purdy or something like that where it's like you you know somebody's playing the kit but also it feels like oh is this like a loop or did they like drag like maybe it's just my simpleton mind of just like you know certain things but sometimes like some drummers are so good it's like um I'm longing something more almost. Yeah.
2: Well, that's like uh, DJ,
0: I don't know what his last name is for Krungbin. Yeah. Dude, dude, dude's it, playing like a drum machine, but there's little
2: flourishes of humanity exactly, in there. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Like yeah, after a while with DJ, it's like, is it oh no, you just did something. Okay. Yeah. There's like a feel there. Like, yeah, I feel like sure, you a real minimalism. Person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: There's, um, uh, before we even started recording and you sort of alluded to this topic, um, one of the things that came to mind as well, some of my favorite recorded music in the whole world is their YouTube videos of a GoPro. Uh, it's Charlie Hunter mm. and a drummer named Carter McClain. And it's the two of them playing in a brewery. No mics on the drums, no vocal mic. It's like Charlie's sitting on a bass amp and there's a drum set.
3: They, the GoPro?
2: Like sitting on a chair, is pointing that, it out. Is that like in what's Is that getting the audio? Yeah. Yeah. As no, far
1: okay. as I know, that's the audio. Or maybe at most, it's like a Zoom recorder right, or right. something. Yeah. Some type of recorder. But yeah. there's, there's no microphones in the shot. And they're they're just out. playing a little gig in some little brewery, and it sounds so good. And the drums sound so good because of how they're tuned and because of how carter is playing them and because of the choices he makes the touch the touch the dynamics
2: player play into the room too like what's the acoustics of the room you know
1: and when i think about like great drum sounds especially not knowing a whole lot about the technological Mm -hmm. side of it i think about that where it's like even without all the bells and whistles right it just sounds so good yeah and
0: it's super groovy.
2: And yeah. it's like, it's literally some well, of my
1: favorite music in the whole world. Right.
2: Charlie Hunter. It's
1: not
0: too
2: bad. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So good. That's cool. That's cool. Scott, what's some of your favorite drum sounds? Um,
2: I'm a big fan of uh, some of the uh, drummers that play with Primus. Um, Me too. Just because it's a, a fairly minimalistic band and it's a very percussive band. Um, the whole drum sound on sailing, the Seas of cheese is quite good. Um, Lots of Toms, too. Lots of Toms. I feel like the kit, I'm not sure what the kit is, but it's got a lot of personality to it. I think it's like a plastic, or not plastic, what is it, like a... Like acrylic? Acrylic kit, maybe. Uh, Maybe, probably
1: then it's like just a big Tama kit.
2: Yeah, it could be that. That's Mm -hmm. probably what it is more so you'd know better than I did. but it's got definitely a character to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That real like cranked up snare drum and the kick drum's got a ton of like click, click attack to it. To it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, those are awesome records. Too. I'm a huge Primus fan.
2: Yeah. I'm a big uh like it's such like a processed drum zone, but um uh Pantera mm-hmm. uh, Vinnie Paul is it Vinnie Paul? Vinnie Paul. Yeah, he's got such like a d- that kick is just basically like a snap of the fingers. There's no like low yeah. end to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it sounds super, he's, uh, he's got great time and just yep. what he's, how, he treats it such like a machine. Those are huge toms. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: He's basically um, playing floor toms for rack toms. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you should look at photos of him. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to see it's pictures of ridiculous. his ridiculous. Oh, They're like, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they are basically floor toms mounted on two bass drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like this little guy behind this. You nice. Know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like... I, yeah, I want to say that like the brick wrapped kit, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I think it's like 14, 16, <laughs> 18, 20 for the Tom's and two 24 inch bass drums. <laughs> yeah.
0: Huge ass bass drum. Uh, it's huge. Uh, it's like that would feel overwhelming. That's mm-hmm. like, what it was at the time.
1: That's crazy. But I, and I really like it, both of those examples mm-hmm. um, and they fit really well with the music that's being made. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, I've always really liked uh, Abe Cunningham from Deftones, always has a really great drum sound.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: One of my earliest favorite albums is uh, the Herbie Hancock album Headhunters oh, and fantastic. that's Harvey yeah. Mason really really great drum sound okay. and that has those really really thuddy dead like dead. concert tones yep
2: yep
0: It's really cool. Sounds super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me want to listen to that yeah, album. I-, I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, Hit Hunters is a classic. That's like my man.
1: earliest favorite music. Yeah. 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 Again, thanks to my dad. That's what's up, man. I feel like I
2: need to like not listen to that album for a few years because I like wore it out when I first <laughs> yeah, found yeah, out about yeah, it. yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: And what is it? Like four songs on there?
1: Yeah. It's just, yeah. like so
0: easy to get through.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's just, a, I mean, yeah. I'm just like kind of running through a mental list of like I mean, anything that Matt Chamberlain records. Hey. Um, those Fiona Apple albums are Matt Chamberlain. Okay. There's at least one Pearl Jam record that's Matt Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. that's Matt, Yeah, As opposed to Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron. Matt Chamberlain <laughs> yeah. was... I think he might have played on, on 10. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Critter's Buggin'. <laughs> With Skerrick mm-hmm. and some other folks, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he's one of those like like Josh Freeze, okay, where he's just everywhere, just a session yeah. dude on mm-hmm. everything. But it's like at- every time you hear him play, uh, uh, what's the wallflower song, One Headlight? is he on Matt that? Chamberlain, uh-uh. and uh-huh. take a listen to that song sometime. No crash symbols, no fails. it's yeah.
2: It's like super straightforward. That's a really well produced album through and through. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, it's another component to this whole thing. Like, Mm -hmm. we're talking about like drum sounds and drummers and all this stuff, but the right thing for that song is this incredible session player playing next to nothing for three and a half minutes. It's perfect. Who played on Continuum that album? Steve oh, Jordan. Yeah, Steve, Steve Jordan. Jordan yeah. Talk
0: about another Steve person. Steve Jordan, and just, Pino Palladino, mm-hmm. Pino on the bass. Yeah. Like, you know, Pino could play Killer. all over that if he wanted, but yeah. yeah. Reserved, dude. Speaking of Pino in uh, drums, so like another classic drummer is uh James Gadson. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was listening to uh, what is it? Um, D'Angelo Black Messiah, mm-hmm. and there's this song called uh, was it is it Sugar Daddy? Uh, I think it's like the lead single, <laughs> but anyways, like they brought James gatson into the studio and was like, yo, classic man, like we need you to put some drums and I'm gonna play it for you. And he just did like you know like the on his on his legs and then they were like okay we got it and he was like what and so they just have him like hitting his (laughs) legs but he was so in timing they were like that's awesome that's perfect that's exactly what we need for this song So there's not really drums. And I was like, I listened back and I was like, oh, yeah, it's just some dude hitting like his oh, legs. I love <laughs> yeah, it, it is crazy to me when
2: like w- with that, you know, with these albums that we're talking about, it's like these drummers are capable of like technically of so much more. Right. But they're getting paid to play like sometimes the most straightforward. Yeah, groups. spots the song, man. but yeah. it's, it's the feel. Yeah, Mike, mm-hmm.
0: could you imagine coming to the studio and somebody being like, "Hey, we need you to play drums." Just, I'm gonna just play give back me a four on the floor. Straight yeah, through. and you just are literally just getting timing on your legs, and then they <laughs> like, "Oh, to me, that man. was great, actually." We'll just keep that. You don't yeah. need to even get behind the kit. Like, that's weird. Yeah. But- if yeah. That's
1: what, if that's what's going to make the tune, yeah. But you know? I'm just
0: saying, some drummers just like have that, like that feel. It's his yeah. feel, it's James Gatson's feel, you right. know, where like even him drumming on his legs was better than somebody hopping mm-hmm. behind the kid mm-hmm. because he just had the right touch, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you more of a um,
2: I guess I do have to decide, but are you more of a less is more drummer? Or are you like, I love the octopus people behind the drums,
1: you know, man
2: it's all contextual obviously yeah
1: like yes no both neither all <laughs> right, of right. That's because sort of, right. sort of right like, i like i love those old primus records right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's a huge drum kit and all these zill bells and chinas and double mm-hmm. bass and all this stuff but i also love the brown album which yeah. is yeah. brian mantio playing yep. drums with like kick snare floor tom that's a, and that's it yeah, yeah. it's so like it it kind of goes either way, mm-hmm. and
2: which like, is fascinating because it's like still less Claypool, like
1: yeah, and like for me personally, I sometimes I don't even want to rack Tom, yeah, like I'm hit with like I don't play double kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, When I'm at home, I like set up like stacks and effect symbols, and I never bring them to a gig, or I'll like be having fun at home and then have a rehearsal and be like I don't like that sound yeah. for any of those songs.
2: That's like bass players at home right. with all of our pedals, <laughs> right? And then we go to the gig, we're like, yeah, none of this works. Yeah, none of this works. <laughs> bring just, the tuner. Just bring uh, the tuner and the compressor, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so, and no. Um, no, that's fair. And sometimes it's like super, super cool. Uh, I think about like, whatever prog band kind of stuff, or yeah. I mentioned like Iron Maiden before, right? right. And that and stuff's
2: great yeah you can't not talk about Neil Pert. you know right yeah, Neil Pert's another great
1: yeah. example of like if you're gonna orchestrate these awesome parts and have all these cool tom sections and mm-hmm. all that stuff great um, for me personally the stuff that I hear in my head mm-hmm. is like DJ Premier Beats yeah, yeah. You know, like that's. I need. I like. I bring crash cymbals and stuff, but generally speaking, like kick, snare, hat, a floor tom, mm-hmm. and like a ride is plenty. The, you you bring up the the crash cymbal. that makes me think of a story of Pearl Jam with
2: their second drummer Dave abruzzi's on on verses that out that album. Okay. They like. Dis, like the other guys in the band, like despise his drumming on the album because he hits the crash like pretty much every oh, measure. Yeah. And if you you don't know this when you're listening, but if you listen for it, you're like, oh, dude, oh he can't be lay so off annoying. the crash. Right.
1: <laughs> Take it off the kit. <laughs> Just take it right off. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: hilarious.
1: And and it's actually it's a a really interesting experiment where I like when I'm at home, I change my setup a lot. And I will do exactly what you're describing. Like I'm really used to having a crash cymbal over my hi hat, so I'll spend a week without one. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother-in-law gave me an old export kit with five toms, <laughs> and I had that set up for a week or two because that's uncharted territory for yeah. me yeah. to like really run around the whole thing. Like I'm used to like do the whole one up, one down, stool spin around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's really yeah. again just more experimentation and.
2: That makes me. Th- there's a there's a drum fill in uh, the song Holy Diver by Dio, <laughs> okay. and at the end, you can hear him do the whole round <laughs> the drum kit. Like I don't yeah. know how many toms he's going <laughs> right. through. You're like, this is not stopping, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh,
1: And I think um, the really responsible players, yeah, um, the Vinny Calyutas of the world. Uh, I think about a guy named Gergo Borlai that we were talking about this afternoon that plays a giant, giant mm-hmm. drum set. His name, what? Borlai. <laughs> 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 Is that um, a made up name? Yeah, no, he's an Eastern European dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but these people that are playing really large setups, but you might hear a song that they play on. And you won't hear any of those instruments. Mm. And then you hear another song that calls for those instruments and they play them. So it's really, a, again, it's like back to what songs are you playing? Yeah, what sounds okay. do you need? And if you need a cowbell for the fourth song in the set, bring one. Bring one. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, don't put it on your drum set. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, China for looks is dumb, <laughs> but a China for one breakdown in one song Dude, at a half yeah. time is or, reason yeah, enough right. to bring it. Like yeah. that's kind of how I feel about the varying setup sizes. Like bring it if you need it. Bring it if you need it, yeah. and if you don't, don't.
2: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you because it brought my brought to mind Carter Buford, also great. I feel like he's one that plays quite a bit. He does, but it never seems out of taste i would agree entirely yeah Mm -hmm. but he's an extremely active drummer Mm -hmm. and i don't think the music it'd be interesting if if you had dave matthews band completely different drummer i mean i don't know i think it'd be a totally different band yeah because his his personality is all over those albums Mm -hmm. and live performances
0: It's so crazy. I feel like the drummer really does make the band. Like you bring in a different drummer, and sometimes it just changes. Sometimes, sometimes it depends. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it just really depends. But I mean, overall, I feel like the drummer is where things change. If you're gonna bring like a lineup change into a band, like Mm -hmm. once that drummer gets there, it's like it could change the whole, the whole landscape of how the band plays. It's that foundational element. Yeah, it's
1: the, um, it's the bread of the sandwich. Yeah. So hundred
0: percent. Yeah. I sandwich. agree.
1: With, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, we, we we, oh, we, we can get, we can get into the sandwich metaphor if you want to. That's a whole thing. Uh, oh man. That's a whole ongoing discussion among some uh, of my music friends. Give me like the quick rundown of this. The quick rundown is songs or sandwiches. Okay. And you can think about it as each instrument is ingredients and kind of see how your role fits accordingly. Like if you want, Whatever a Reuben, you're expecting it to be rye bread. Rye bread, so I better play rye. Mm -hmm. Like if we're playing a blues tune, I have no business doing. (laughs) You're doing jalapeno, yeah, like jalapeno ciabatta or whatever, (laughs) right? But also, also with by that same metaphor weird ingredients are sometimes really awesome on sandwiches so right, like yeah so like maybe a, whatever a pastrami sandwich with strawberry jam on it mm-hmm. might be rad mm-hmm. so if you have some weird idea to put synthesizer in your bluegrass tune mm-hmm. try it maybe try it, it tastes good right, right. yeah right like so there's like you can just kind of follow all this or thinking about for safer a horn player it's like your mustard Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't need to slather the whole thing in mustard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you can, You this yeah. it persists. Yeah. We've been yeah. talking yeah. about no, this for years. That's a great I metaphor. Yeah. The sandwich metaphor, this man. Be, uh, we'll save this for the last question. Yeah. yeah.
0: Save your creativity. <laughs> uh, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is a good pivot. I mean, I feel like uh, Mike is being very oh, creative had, over uh, here. Like, you got two, another
2: question? Two, like just quick, like back to no, yes or no, like sort of
0: clap stack idea.
1: Open handed? I wish. Okay. <laughs> um so tried it's very hard yeah um carter Beaufort yeah plays open-handed yeah and part of what's making a bunch of those parts really gnarly is that he's playing, playing open-handed, open-handed. Yeah. because he can play hi-hats yeah. and has the whole drum kit to right. his right yeah um there's a legendary kind of old man teacher drummer extraordinaire named dom famulero who rebuilt his entire playing at like 60 years old to be open-handed. When did wow. open-hand, do you know like the history of its, the history cast? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yes and no. I couldn't tell you. Uh, that um, sounds like a Wikipedia at some point. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know about an earliest example, but the evolution of the drum kit um, makes it so that like the cross arm thing is an accident. That's hi- what I'm wondering. Yeah. hi hats started yeah. as sock symbols. So like a single symbol on the ground attached to your foot. Yep. And then evolved into a low boy, which is basically the same idea as a high hat, but all the way on the ground. Okay. And then the low boy becomes the high hat as it raises up and you can play with your hands. But if you think about like an old school drum set, you're playing, you're already playing open, open with right, your right with hand the, on a yeah, ride right and yeah. your left hand moving around. It wasn't until we had high hats that people started doing this that's weird cross their arm thing. Yeah, crazy. You know that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And now it's like a bunch of right-handed drummers, new invention. They start they playing, playing with it their with right hand. Top. Yeah, and then that's just how we all do it. And we think about playing a drum set with your arms crossed. Right. When it's really like air drumming. You're, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the like the ergonomics of open hand it's, makes it's way more sense to do it. Way cross-handed. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Like yeah. you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're handcuffing like clashing, yourself. Yeah. Clashing
2: into your other arm. Yeah next question rim shots all the time or
1: only when needed i'll i will use (laughs) and i will use the answer of a online drum teacher i followed for a long time okay all the time is fine if you're doing it on purpose if you can't not it's a problem right like I i play rim shots almost all the time right it's a very political answer but if, you can't, <laughs> but if you can't stop yourself from doing it, then it's an or issue. Or if you're doing it on accident. Or if you're yeah. doing it on accident. If you don't know any better. Intention. It's about intent, yeah. yeah. Which everything comes down to. Yep. Right. I tune my snare drums for rim shots and ghost notes. I'm almost never how playing. Do you, how do you tune it for a rim shot? Like, yeah. I mean, just as I'm tuning it, how I want it to sound. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, it's for. Tune it based off of what that like. What the rim sound shot like. sounds like yeah. and what a ghost note sounds right. like. That makes sense. I, i almost never am playing like a strong backbeat but just center of the head yeah. not rim shot yeah. almost never yeah 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 rim shots are sweet sorry to those <laughs> non
2: uh, no technical the- people i'm just fascinated by that type yeah. of stuff yeah so for
1: drummers if you got <laughs> your snare drum tilted super toward you maybe reconsider that right because that's why you can't play rim shots exactly exactly <laughs> uh. Okay, let's transition. <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna we're gonna jump into one more topic
0: here. All right, uh, I'm ready. Just yeah, we'll do like a round robin. I feel like the second question is always becoming like, a, let's just go around yeah, robin yeah. and see how people feel about so this. It's a small um, B section, but yeah. So I, like I talked, like I, I always see you on the internet, like working on something or doing something. Um, so I want to, and also I just watched the Beatles the Beatles documentary, as I said, and I was just fascinated to see like their creative process and just like, oh yeah, it's just some dudes just like sitting here festering over chords and like writing lyrics and be like oh that's whack like let me change it so anyways it just got me to really thinking of like wh- wh- how does everybody else work creatively i just want to go around robin so when you have that idea regardless of if it just be like music or you know you're like oh i'm about to do a lunch groove like what type of drum beat am i gonna make yeah. Scott, for you you know like even just like your, your your artist too you draw you know you do things when you sit down at the canvas like oh man where am i gonna start uh, like, we, how do you start creating?
1: Well, like idea kernels are important, right? Yeah. Uh, like whether it's a chord progression. I also I like do creative writing as well. So whether it's like a fiction idea or a poetry idea or whatever, like it could be two words, right? Could be part of a groove, could be a baseline, whatever. Um. But the real task at hand, I think, is like work the problem. Like as long as you are committed to like not getting frustrated or not being like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like the, the process is in fact processing, right? Yeah. Like you have to sit with it. You have to try ideas that come to mind. You have to just kind of churn the meat grinder, so to speak. Yeah. And let the good stuff come out and be really, really, honest about what works and what doesn't. Um we often talk about in our bands, um, especially in Flex and in King Crab Apple, where we write very collaboratively. Any idea is worth trying right yeah any yeah. and every idea so i was literally yeah. just about
0: to say that because when you said um like the the good idea like trying to get the good idea i think a lot of times people think this isn't the good idea so they let it go yeah and like more and more often i'm learning out of like everything is the good idea you'll find out later if it's not the good idea right you know what i mean um it's like almost like creating to almost like have the freedom to know this could be a race too and i mm-hmm. can get a different idea in here too but like to put it down and try it is yeah.
1: the important part i believe a lot in like showing up um and just just work at it
3: and mm, yep.
1: and the ideas will kind of figure themselves out yep. if you just spend the time and spend the focus to work your way through it the ideas will figure themselves out and sometimes they don't and that's okay too but like the waiting for inspiration, or waiting to wake up in the middle of the night with yeah. a perfect melody yeah. in your head—it's like that's totally unrealistic. Yeah. Um. It, it, a great example is like Stephen King, right? We all know Stephen King has written a bazillion books. He writes for six hours a day, yeah. every single day.
0: It's mm-hmm. so crazy. Do you think? You know, that's so funny. Me and my wife were just talking about that with Stephen King because I was like when you get to like a prolific state like that, it's almost like, damn, do you just have like a billion ideas every day? And you're just like capturing them all and have this time, which I think he does, you know, like he has the six hours a day. Other people don't. And sometimes too, you know, one thing that I learned like last year, like my goal was like play guitar every day, play guitar every day. And I was doing that this year. But by the time I got to like September, I was like, what am I doing, man? Like I'm just driving myself absolutely crazy, you know? And when I found now is like i'm more creative because i give myself breaks i don't put myself in a i'm like okay i ain't play guitar in three days okay and then the fourth day I, something i'll be like oh man i'm feeling good what's this oh shoot okay i got a little chord. okay we got something going and it's like the time away from it almost like creates my brain to have time to take in ideas mm-hmm. you know so i really am a big proponent of actually stepping away from yeah positive negative while. space you, yeah you
2: need both and because they they support each other yeah
0: yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: I don't take breaks.
0: No, I know you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I'm not saying it's not wrong to. Like, yeah, spent, definitely. Yeah. Everybody's different. I right? Yeah.
1: I spent a week on vacation uh, the beginning of October. I'm just checking the old habit tracker. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, because I t- was away from my drums for a week. And right now it says that I've played an instrument for like 60 days in a row. And before that, it was like 170 days in a row. Yeah. Um. And as you're describing though, or like in working out the problem or like letting the ideas come through, I discovered just yesterday, right. Working on a new flex song that because I'm kind of doing it every day where even if it's tiny little things, I'm like thinking about like, oh, what if that was at the beginning of the bar or should I change that, that when I get, find myself in a collaborative situation, the possibilities just pour out of right. my head. Like I don't have to scrape for ideas. I can just already hear like, oh, we could take that guitar riff and put it upside down. We could put that there. We could start that there. And I think it's a product of just sort of being in that headspace.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so different working
1: collaboratively
0: too. like mm-hmm. working in a collaborative sense. is probably one of my favorites because it's just, you have so many ideas to bounce oh, yeah. off and, and other people's ideas get you to start thinking of other stuff. Makes me
2: think of, um, it was brought up by, um, in a podcast for, uh, by Trey Anastasio fish, but it's more of comes from uh improv comedy, but the concept of yes. Oh, and yeah. absolutely, you know, and that, yeah. that works so well collaboratively, mm-hmm. but you have to have everybody on board about, um, uh, about building something and mm-hmm. taking what somebody has and adding
0: another thing and kind of going around another circle that way yeah, you really got me in that mindset I, I mean like even we did ghostbusters this year for halloween but like a couple years ago you were like hey let's do ghostbusters And i was like tonight like we ain't even practiced we ain't even been together and you're like uh we can figure it out yeah and i totally thought of like the yes and thing you know and i was like all right
3: mm-hmm. like, yeah
0: we'll, we'll try it and we'll see what happens anyway good you know but uh it's so crazy, like just that that thought process of like willing to uh, put yourself out there and fail too is
1: like totally super important, you know. And you're probably right that I should take a break sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's different. Like I said, I mean, up until that point, I mean, I had played guitar for. for 500 some days in a row like it was like obsessive you know but i started to realize like my creative output was diminishing like yeah i was learning modes and yeah i was learning all these riffs and stuff and like all this cool stuff but i literally was like would sit down apply it to make my own stuff and be like ah this kind of like i'm not feeling this yeah Yeah. you're talking
2: about the difference between like wood shedding like practicing versus Mm -hmm. writing and those true. are two different things. Absolutely. Thing, you
0: really got to grindstone it, you know, just repetition. And I, and I think the thing, too, is like having so little time as, you know, life and being a dad right, and work right. and all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, I was spending my time practicing with little time for creative freedom, you know, and now yeah. like being like, OK, I've spent almost two years playing every day. I don't need to practice. Like, I need to practice, but, like, when I have free time of, like, in chunks of hours, Mm -hmm. like, I got to try and see what I can do creatively, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you, like, uh, I mean, I feel like every artist is like this, the whole voice memo things, like, you got a bunch, a thousand voice memos of ideas? Nope. Oh, no, really? Do you do that, Scott? That's what I was going to
2: say is, like, my most creative times are, like, in passing. Yeah, same. Like, you know, waiting for my kids to get ready, and I'll pick up the bass off the wall and plink around it for a minute. And I'll an idea will come out, I record it. yeah, and I'll have a hundred of them and then sort through them all and ditch some, keep some, make notes about them. yeah, sort of the passing like I don't I, I, again, it's a different for everybody, but I'm so much like the littlest time so I don't get in my own way. yeah, I'm like gonna get in, get out like yeah. let yeah. that thing just come out of my hands exactly. And, you know, and
1: I wonder if some of this too is uh, even in the difference in our respective instruments possibly
0: that's why i wanted to talk about this too like we got a bass player a guitar player and a drummer so like i'm sure the process is probably a little different for each because
1: like to me uh ideas like a creative idea from a drum perspective is like the stuff that i make videos out of that isn't probably anything i would play in a song right or even could play in a song in a live setting like it's like i work out some pattern and record it good enough to post it and I probably forget it two days later Yeah, and cool. There's a record of that and I'm using facility and creating, but much like we were talking about, about like recordings or big drum sets or whatever in a musical, in like an ensemble situation, my job is very different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm going to play depends on what you write. Yeah, yeah like, that is true. true. So true. if you capture, if you have 30 spare seconds and capture a cool idea, that's going to dictate what my kick drum pattern is. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, so, so for me, it, it's not like I, there isn't really any, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could come
2: up with like, okay, I got a feel for a groove.
1: Right. Know, yeah. But chances are like, it's still some variation of the kind of standard. True. Available. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I love finding like
0: samples of just like drum, like drums that I really like. And I'll just like clip the beginning part or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll just play with those. Cause sometimes they really do in- inspire me and then I'll totally delete it and just have the BPM or whatever yeah. I did it to. And then I'll add other drums on top of it. But, um uh, and it can yeah. go both ways for yeah. sure.
1: And I've experienced some stuff like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. At least for me, as far as, Hmm oh, I've got this idea that I'm going to forget and it's going to turn into a song for a project. Yeah. It doesn't really work that way. It's way more like I hear a guitar part (laughs) and that's what spurs it forward. That um, makes that makes a lot of yeah, sense to yeah. me. Yeah.
2: I feel
0: like I yeah. Drummers, man, underappreciate us. Like you always gotta think about somebody else. And meanwhile, my selfish ass is over like <laughs> I got this cool <laughs> brand. And Widley, I got Widley. these chords. But i something over it.
2: Like as a bass player, I'm always wanting the drummer to lead with like a kick pattern because the way I play is always it's it's too and maybe it's my own fault, it's too predictable for what I normally would do. Um, I love when somebody comes up with an interesting kick pattern because that will change. I might play in a chord pattern, but it changes where I'm accenting my mm-hmm. notes, yeah. and that's really fascinating to me.
1: And that's that kind of like middle ground between our right. respective yeah. crafts, yeah, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I would love more to have like a bass drum, or a bass player and a drummer create something and bring it to the guitar player and mm-hmm. just yeah. like try and create mm-hmm. something on top of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And in my in my bands... Um, my kind of main job in the like writing process is as an arranger Mm -hmm. and um again because i like i love hip-hop so much and i've messed with like beat making over the years i kind of think about the songs like you see them in say pro tools and will often say things uh, like okay cool so the fourth time Play the second half of your riff at the beginning, right? right. And yeah. like chop it in half sure, and chop flip and it. it, moving it around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or I think about it like that, like, well, oh, well, the intro is <clears> sixteen, and we can put the horn part from the bridge over the second, right. you know, and like, yeah. well, again, that goes, like you know? that goes back to like
2: the metaphor of like the catcher, like they are calling the game, yeah, sure. they're composing the game, you yeah. know, yeah. And I feel like that's very much what you're doing, You're, you're orchestrating, yeah. You know? yeah. And I love that about yeah. the writing that's fascinating. process,
0: yeah that's cool it's very cool like man it's so crazy just to know how i don't know just in my head i just think like oh yeah everybody does the same when they create you know but it's just like <laughs> no, it, obviously, yeah obviously everybody has such a different perspective and i just like love mm-hmm. to hear how people do things mm-hmm. yeah. yeah let's go to that last question all right let's do it so mike so what we do at the end of every show is <laughs> we always ask if your band was a type of blank what would it be um, and I know you're in several bands, but I know you for flex a decibel. Sure. So can we focus on flex a decibel? Sure. Can we do that for this one? Okay. So if flex a decibel was a type of insect, what insect would it be? Oh,
3: <laughs>
1: that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. An insect. I feel like it's got to be something weird. I mean, it can't be just like an ant or something. Yeah. Ants we are mighty. Like, we got Ants like are pra- mighty. praying mantises. Uh, yeah. What else is, I don't know what else is out there. Maybe this is weird, but I think Flex's Insect Parallel is like a grasshopper. Like where it's maybe unassuming at first or doesn't you Touch it in that boy d- like, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> it like doesn't seem that powerful but is. Yeah. Or it's something... Because it's something we talk about as in our band is we don't really have like a lot of like breakout virtuosity, but what we do have is this kind of collaborative, like swag, like take big, heavy steps. And that makes just like, Right. Yeah. So I don't know about insects because I think about the thing as like a behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> but, like,
0: but grasshoppers are ours. Sometimes you see a grasshopper. Yeah. Like, Damn,
1: that thing is huge, it's man. But also thing. you're like,
0: well, it's a grasshopper, and you touch it and it like jumps or something. Yeah. You're like, holy crap, like yeah. man, powerful. I'm, yeah. I'm going grasshopper. I yeah. like that I unassuming but no. powerful. With, What's like your a, lead singer, Marshall? Marshall. Uh, he's got like grasshopper energy. I can see. That. <laughs> he does got grasshopper energy. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 couple times I've actually seen y'all play, but yeah, you just like bust out like. I don't know, I, like when we played together at uh, at Grand Army, I was like, this is like the perfect band for us, because like, yeah, you guys came on, and it's just the horns were like stabbing, hitting, Marshall was just like running around, y'all had like the energy and the vibe of each oh, other thanks, being together, yeah, but uh, I'm just saying Grasshopper is a really good description like that. from They're a couple cool. times I've seen you play, yeah. Cool. Well, it's we a, got there. It's a yeah. fun band. That was yeah. a good, you know, our guests never never cease to amaze. I know. I always <laughs> think I'm going to stump somebody or somebody's like, I don't know. I'm just not answering this because I don't know. But <laughs> they always come through solid. No answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mike, thanks so much, man, for joining yeah, the podcast. Thanks,
1: Mike. Oh, thanks a ton for having me, man. Yeah. This is really fun. For I could sure. talk about music all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, likewise. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>